0: Hello, I'm Aaron Thompson, Community Life Pastor. As we look into the news so much lately, it seems like bad news after bad news. We hear COVID cases increasing, more rioting and more chaos going on with injustice. We, we hear things about isolation, the feeling. And I think of my own life, I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm kind of feeling a, a little empty in a time like now. I'm, I'm wanting the good news as well. Is there any good news that's actually out there? And maybe you feel the same way of that you're kind of tired of this empty feeling and you're tired of all the bad news and you're looking for some good news. Well, why don't we take a look at this video about how maybe we are feeling in a time like this.
1: Hit her, Zarek. <laughs>
0: The gospel and the good news is really that empty tomb. It is about Jesus Christ, that he is redefining our world and how we approach it. When we are feeling empty, we are really, honestly, truly longing for something so much more. Well, the sermon today is really for those of you who have heard the gospel introduced to you when you were a child. or. This sermon is for you if you were introduced to the gospel as an adult by those who were introduced to the gospel when they were children. Like, how are we really honestly, truly supposed to understand the gospel? What is it? And how in the world are we supposed to share it? This is supposed to be one of the most important things when it comes to the life of the church. At a time like now, boy, do we need it now more than ever before. We need to do a little bit of a heart check as well. Sometimes when we come to church, what we do is we hope that we are going to get something from Jesus. But the good news and the gospel is not just getting something from Jesus. The gospel is him, himself. That the good news is Jesus Christ. That when we come to church, we come to get Jesus. Now, We might know the gospel of Jesus, but maybe we don't know the Jesus of the gospel. I know it's a little bit of a play on words, but if we're thinking about it, we can understand the facts about it. But do we have a relationship with Jesus in order to understand what the gospel really, truly is? I mean, we think of like, yes, I know Jesus died for me, you know, paid for my sins. That's great. But yet... Maybe I live my life my own way. I do my own thing. Well, do I really have a relationship with him if I live that way? And there's also that thought as well as, you know, I grew up within the life of the church and um, I heard about the freedom of Christ, but yet I continued to work my tail off to earn God's love and God's grace. Or maybe I'm like, I understand he loves me, but the way that I'm living my life is constantly trying to achieve perfection. This is a little bit of the examples of, hey, I understand the gospel of Jesus, but I may not have that full relationship of Jesus and knowing the Jesus of the gospel. As kids, we are told to believe that Jesus died and rose again. But have we really been able to grasp, well, why do we believe this? Why is Jesus' death and resurrection really the gospel itself? If we take a couple steps back into, I mean, gospel good news is um, we often think of the Bible. We think of the stories that are in here, particularly the New Testament, the back part of the Bible. And in there we have people like Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and and John who have written what we call these books of the gospel. One example is one writer who was Luke, and he was a, a doctor And he would write things down about what people were witnessing about Jesus and about Jesus' death and his resurrection. And also, he wrote about what happened afterward. He was not thinking when he was writing his letters or writing these things down, he wasn't thinking, oh, this is going to be in the Bible. The Bible didn't exist back then. And he wasn't necessarily thinking like, oh, this is gonna be something in a book that people of thousands of years are gonna read. He just thought it was important. So he began to read, to write these things down. And these writings existed and continued to expand because not just because, of, oh, they wrote it down, that was cool, but the very fact that something important happened. Now, if Luke was writing these things down, like, hey, Jesus did these things, but if Jesus died and that was it, the letters and writings and documents would be done there. And if the followers of Jesus, like Luke, if they were like locked up and they were hiding and and ashamed of what was going on and they didn't do anything more because of Jesus' death, the gospel and the good news would have been dead right there. But it didn't stop there. I mean, we even have Luke, who is writing like 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. He writes this, Actually, in the book of Acts, he says, God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Luke is talking about a a bunch of people who are writing the good news and writing about Jesus' death and his resurrection. I mean, Luke had a conversation with, um, with others. He had a conversation with Peter, with John, with James, and guess what? He even had a conversation with Paul. And that's where we are at right now. We are in a sermon series of Romans. And Romans 1 through 11 has been everything explaining the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And the chapters we're in now is, well, how do we live that out? Well, Luke had a relationship with Paul. And they're having these writings and they're encouraging about what is going on. And Paul himself ends up writing documents. I mean, the majority of the New Testament and letters is written by Paul. And that's why we're in Romans right now. And he writes about the difference of what the gospel has done. That the power of Jesus' death and resurrection changed people's lives so much that even when emperors and Caesars said that it was illegal to be able to write these things or the Christian faith was non-existent, they were willing to sacrifice their lives that these precious letters would be able to continue that that good news could be within our hands today. And so we read through Paul, and we read the letters about what the good news, what it is, and how we are to share it. And we're today looking in Romans chapter 15. So let's read it together. Romans chapter 15, starting in verse 14. I am fully convinced, my dear brothers and sisters, that you are full of goodness, and you know these things so well that you can teach each other all about them. Even so, I have been uh, bold enough to write about some of these points, knowing that all you need is this reminder. For by God's grace, I am a special messenger from Christ Jesus to, the gen- to you Gentiles, and I bring you the good news so that I might present you as an acceptable offering to God, made holy by the Holy Spirit. So I have reason to be enthusiastic about all Christ Jesus has done through me in my service to God. Yet I dare not boast about anything except what Christ has done through me in bringing the Gentiles to God by my message and by the way I worked among them. They were convinced by the power of the miraculous signs and wonders and by the powers of God's Spirit. This In this way, I have fully presented the good news of Christ from Jerusalem all the way to Lycoram. And my ambition has always been to preach the good news where the name of Christ has never been heard, rather than where a church has already been started by someone else. I have been following the plan spoken in the scriptures where it says, those who have never Been told about him will see and those who have never heard will understand. In fact, my visit to you has been delayed so long because I have been preaching in these places. In this passage, Paul is telling us two important things about um, the gospel, about the good news. One, he's telling us what it is and he's also saying, he's talking to us about how it can be shared. What is the gospel? Well, as kids, you know we, we, we are told, well, the death and resurrection of Jesus is the gospel. Well, it is the good news. Gospel, the Greek word, uh, actually means good news. This is that beginning part of Romans that we haven't been looking at right now, but the first 11 chapters are all about this. The second thing that the gospel is is that it is about not so much what we do, but what Christ has done. The law tells us to do these things, what to do and what not to do. But the gospel tells us it's done, people. And the third thing is, it's about what Christ has really been doing for us. There's a couple verses here in Romans 15 that explain and point out it's not us doing, although we work with God, it is him who has already done the work. So if we have in verse 15, 15, it says, for by God's grace. It's not Paul's grace, it's not mine, it's not yours, it's God's. The next verse, in verse 17, it says that all uh, Christ Jesus has done has done this through me. Well, who has done it? Christ has done it. Verse 18, uh, again, in the same little passage, he says what Christ has done. This is the third time it's mentioning not about what anyone's doing, but what Christ done. And the fourth time, it, it actually mentions that the power of God's Spirit God is doing these things to be able to give hope to people, to be able to transform how people are thinking about their world. That's not anymore about what you are doing, people. Paul's kind of, you know, shaking the church, reminding them, this is what God has done for you. This is what Jesus Christ has done for you. And this is such an important point to God Now, this isn't something just for a select few of believers to share the gospel. The gospel, we believe within the Evangelical Covenant Church, we believe the gospel is to be carried by the priesthood of all believers, not just a couple pastors or staff or key volunteers. This is everyone and every believer is called to do this. So why do we struggle? To share the good news. I mean, these are a couple quick things of what we struggle with. Well, one, we normally say, well, I'm not an evangelist. I'm not going to share. Or I say, I'll mess it up if I share. I won't get something right. Maybe I don't know so much about the Bible. I feel insecure about it. Next thing is like, well, I'll be rejected. What if I tell my neighbor or my coworker about Jesus? And all of a sudden, they really start to ignore me after that. That could get a little awkward. Another reason why maybe we struggle with it is maybe we think that we're just not good enough. If I actually invite someone to church, or I invite someone to read the Bible, maybe they won't necessarily do it because maybe they just don't want to be with me. Well, when people share the gospel, there are sometimes we get that feeling that we have to force people into something that they don't want to do. And sometimes it can look in different ways when we talk about that word evangelism, which is the sharing of the good news. Sometimes it goes a little sour, So here's a little bit of a video that I want to share with you of um, what I would say, a fatal uh, sharing of the gospel.
1: I'm so glad you decided to take the plunge! This is a life changer! IT CERTAINLY FEELS DEATH DEFYING! SPEAKING OF DEATH AND DEFYING, YOU KNOW WHAT WOULD HAPPEN IF SOMETHING TRAGIC HAPPENED TODAY? WHAT?! LIKE IF THE SHOE DIDN'T DEPLOY! WHAT ARE YOU TALKING ABOUT?! A malfunction, JOE! LIKE LET'S SAY I PASS OUT BEFORE THE SHOE DOESN'T DEPLOY! I KNOW WHAT WOULD HAPPEN TO ME WHEN I HIT THE DIRT! WHAT ABOUT YOU?! THE EARTH IS COMING! The ground's coming for all of us, Joe! We're hurling from heaven to earth! That's exactly what Jesus did, Joe! When do you deploy the shoot? When you decide that life after death is a viable conversation! Ah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah, Joe! Joe! Okay, awesome. Woo!
0: Okay, so that's how not to share the gospel. Um, but what we can do in order to share the gospel, number one, if you're saying, well, I'm not an evangelist, that's okay. Your job is just to share your story. There isn't your story is unique. And there's no one better to share your story than you. But not only that, why don't you also live out the good news? We have in verse 18 here, it says that Paul says he's bringing the message to the Gentiles. Um, He's doing that through his message, but also by the way that he worked among them. Both his words and his deeds showed the people of what the gospel was all about. Typically we think, okay, um, if this is true, people will believe it and they will live it out. But now more than ever before, we are actually finding that if people believe that you can live it out, if you can practice it, then they will be able to find it believable. And if it's believable, then they, they will know that it is true. And so instead of thinking, okay, I have to be that the gospel... Um, it has to be, oh, I have to be good and do all these different things. And as Christians, these are do's and don'ts. And we begin to do that. It's not livable. People will not be able to live into the gospel because it's like, this is so complicated. I can't do it. I'm not going to be good enough. And it seems like your life is also extremely chaotic and crazy. So if you can't live it out, it must not be true. So for us to simply be able to, one, share your story and what Jesus, the difference that he has made in your life, is powerful but also to be mindful to make it livable that you can live out. What difference does it make that Jesus died for you, forgave your sins, and gave you the freedom from that? And it's something based on not that what you have done, but what he has done. I mean, that redefines everything about us. If that's the case, then the good news and the faith or the relationship with Jesus becomes something that can be not only true, but can be livable as well. Maybe we're also thinking, I'll mess it up. I'll get the gospel all wrong. And we think it's this really complicated thing. One other thing that we can do to share the gospel is, you know, learn two sentences. This is a passage from from 2 Timothy. And there are a couple other passages, one from 1 Corinthians 15 as well, about what the gospel is. And this one says, it talks about that there's one God, one mediator. Jesus is the mediator. And he's the one that says here that he gave his life to purchase freedom for everyone. For you to memorize just a couple of sentences about what the gospel is, that Jesus died, rose again, forgave your sins, allows you like, oh, that is really that simple? That's a good key part of it. Um, And I know for us, it's really all about, it reframes how we live our life and it redefines it for us. So by memorizing a couple things like that from scripture allows us to have something in our back pocket. Another thing that you can do to be able to share the gospel is maybe you feel like, well, I'm rejected. Well, you can invite someone actually to Alpha. Um, You're not alone. Uh, All the time, Christians were being rejected because they were sharing the good news of Jesus. And even today, people are being rejected. You're not alone. And so if you're someone who's kind of scared about sharing the good news with someone else, we have the Alpha course starting online July 15th. Why don't you grab someone and come, sign up, attend. You can talk to me and I can help you sign up. This is something that you do not have to do alone. You get to do it with other people. The church has been doing it for hundreds of years of doing faith with one another. And so that we can, as a church, are able to be able to continue to do that. And lastly, maybe you're also thinking that, well, I'm just not good enough. Well, I want to encourage you to let you know that we were talking about sharing the gospel God did not come here to make good people. He came to make saved people and to be able to do that through Jesus Christ. This is possible to share. Paul, in verse 14, he tells us this, you know these things so well that you can teach each other all about them. Paul was encouraging the church in Rome, hey, you, you know this. As children, we were taught to believe Jesus' death and resurrection. But do we know the why? We know the why is because God loved us. We know that he did this to remove our sins, to give us freedom, to change how we approach our life. If we struggle with a divorce in our life or sickness, anything or sin coming in our life, because of our relationship with Jesus, how we approach those challenges in our life like the riots and injustice and things like COVID, with Jesus, it changes everything of how we can do it. And Paul is saying, we can take off the training wheels, people. It's okay. You can share the gospel. We don't, it doesn't have to be as complex thing. Simply share how Jesus has transformed your life. I like what Dr. Julius Kim said. He's a, a professor of practical theology. He says that we are um, in pursuit of all the things that the world has to offer. Our hands are so full that we don't have any more space for the gospel. And now is a time when we need to be able to release that and let go of everything so that way we actually have space for the message of Jesus Christ. The gospel is not Jesus plus doing enough. The gospel is not Jesus plus being um, a good person and serving him and doing all these different things. The gospel is Jesus plus nothing. And that makes it everything. And as I said, it changes our approach on everything. If you look back in the beginning of this sermon, we looked at, like, you know, I just feel empty. And instead of thinking, I have to do all these things in order to be loved and to be accepted by God, Paul tells us in Romans, if there's anything you're going to get today, Jesus Christ has done that work for you. And so that is why we come to the time of Holy Communion, where Jesus not only filled his disciples, his followers, with physical food, but also with spiritual food. I mean, during that meal, Jesus, he took the bread, he gave thanks and he broke and he said, this is my body which is given to you. He said, eat it and remember me. The same way after the supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new promise through my blood. Drink it and remember me. Because whenever we eat of the bread and every single time we drink of the cup, we remember that Jesus died and rose again and that he did the work, not us, And that is the good news. It's not us doing the work, it is Him. We are able to enjoy the fruits of it. And because of that, we are able to have it reflect in our lives as a result of that. Let's pray together. Father God, I pray for my friends as they gather those elements for communion, that you would make them holy. And God, I pray that you, your Holy Spirit, would also make us your faithful people that today that we will be able to grasp and to understand that the good news is you, Jesus, and all that you have really done for us. God, may you give us a spirit of being excited to be able to share the difference that you have made in our life with our neighbors, co-workers, family members. And may we continue to do this to teach one another what we have been taught by those who have also experienced your good news. In your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.